AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts, Commission Junction's Advertiser Account Director, Kim Dozell, and Publisher Business Development Manager, Brian Caldwell. As they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here are your hosts, Kim Dozell. And Brian Caldwell. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for Affiliate Marketing Today. Uh, we have some exciting news here. This is actually our uh, first show of Season 2, believe it or not. We're uh, getting into show number 13 total. Um, unfortunately, that, that comes with some bittersweet news. Uh, we are unfortunately going to be losing our co-host, Kim Dalzell, who you've all, you've all become familiar with. She's got such a wonderful voice and, and interjects great comments from the advertiser side of things. Um, but we will be gaining a new voice in the form of Robin Walsh, who is also an advertiser account director here at Commission Junction. But um, before we introduce Robin, Kim, I know you're here. Say hello I to the am, audience. I am. So very sad to leave. But, uh, Brian, as you know, I've taken on some additional responsibilities and um, some additional people, and so it's become sort of a a hard thing for me to schedule in, um, as Brian knows, um, times to meet with Brian and uh, plan for the show. So I um, put you in great hands, though, with Robin. I'm very, very excited that I didn't even have to twist her arm to do it. I think she's very excited to do the show and has uh, great experience. She has um, been working with lots of advertisers. In fact, some of the advertisers that I have mentioned on the show and the shows in the past, she has first-hand experience with, so I think she's going to add a lot of value. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing? Um, sure. I'm going to actually be managing, um, I'm actually going to become the director of advertiser development for the East Coast, so a lot of my responsibilities is going to be hiring, so those, I'll put a little CJ plug in there, sorry, Brian, um, <laughs> those who are interested in positions in the Boston area or in New York City, uh, feel free to go to cj.com and 
see what positions might be open and you might be interested in. So we're hiring hiring quite a few people. <laughs> All right. Well, thank <laughs> you for that. I, I'm sorry to, to, that you're going to be moving on, but Kim, I know you, you're going to have a fantastic time in your new role. And um, welcome to Robin Walsh. This is your first Hi, show. Robin, what, what kind of uh, advertisers do you tend to work with? Maybe not necessarily brands, but the, the types. Sure. Um, well, I can tell you I'm an advertiser account director. I've been with Commission Junction for about three years, but I've been a client since about 2000. Uh, I'm currently working with uh, mostly retail, some travel, um, historically some credit card marketers also. Well, I'm, I think that's a different mix than the, the folks that, that Kim used to work with, so I'm looking forward to having you interject comments often uh, throughout our conversations on affiliate marketing today, and uh, thank you very much for joining me as a co-host. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into the show. I know we have a, a, a very interesting individual with us today uh, by the name of Jeff Hirsch, who's a senior uh, vice president for business development with, with ValueClick, one of the uh, largest ad networks on the planet now, I believe, right, Jeff? That's correct. Okay. Um, and last week we were talking with uh, Vinnie Lingham uh, as a guest, uh, chatting with myself and, and Nathan Fish about innovation in affiliate marketing, which was really future-looking because we spoke about some specific trends that publishers can jump on today, which may lead to greater revenues tomorrow. But um, today we're specifically talking with Jeff because uh, he is able to speak about additional ways for publishers to maximize their revenues by looking at what, what's working today so they can expand on their current success. And uh, high level, the, the show title is called Multi-Channel Yield Maximization. I know it's kind of a fancy title. Um, but at a high level, we're really planning to, t- to talk about ways of assessing uh, kind of a revenue per page for your sites, uh, looking for new revenue opportunities using a multi-channel approach to yield optimization, and things to consider in your decision-making process for selecting partners. So without further ado, Jeff, um, why don't we say hello to you, and uh, if you could do us a favor and introduce yourself a little bit, maybe give us a little background on on who you are, where where you've been. Sure. I'll do that. Thanks for the start of the intro there. Uh, I started in advertising and marketing 25 years ago, so I've been uh, very involved in, in offline marketing and newspaper, radio, uh, been on the agency side as well. And in uh, 1999, I actually joined ValueClick uh, as the first uh, VP brought into the company, uh, pre-IPO, to specifically work on, at that time, uh, we were only a CPC ad network, to specifically work on uh, developing publisher relationships. I did end up leaving ValueClick a little while after that and was one of the original founders of FastClick, uh, and was with FastClick for about three and a half years and filled the role of working with uh, with advertisers, publishers, as, and as well uh, doing all of our marketing. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody knows, but FastClick was purchased uh, last year by ValueClick, and that's where you get the world's largest network combining uh, our media display advertising business, our co-registration business, and, of course, the commission, commission Junction affiliate networks between all of those. Uh, we have the largest uh, Network out there, uh, the world so far. Maybe more later. <laughs> yeah, I know we're we're growing fast into to many different countries, and it's definitely qu- quite exciting because uh, a lot of things that are driven up at the the value click level, you know, as as I'm sure is the case at at any large network, tends to trickle down to other divisions uh, at different paces. Now, are are you involved in a lot of industry events? Any sort of associations? Are people going to be familiar with your face and name out there? Uh, yes. 
if people see me, that's that's probably true. I've uh, you know since being in this business so long, my role right now is is helping tie together our relationships with our affiliates and publishers across all of our divisions. Uh, that does include some of the work in in Europe as well. I had the opportunity to develop our, uh, visit our European offices last month, and uh, truly trying to get a global perspective on this. So, uh, with that, I do attend uh, you know most of the trade shows out there and. Uh, involved on some of the IAB type committees and things along that line. So, well, okay, why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break because I, I know we took a, a bit of time to say goodbye to, to Kim, say hello to Robin, and, and um, introduce yourself, Jeff. So if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break, uh, give our, our sponsors a chance to tell us all about their, their great products and services, keep the lights on, and we'll be right back after this quick break. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Okay, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is a fantastic show. I, I, I know it's going to be quite interesting for a lot of folks that are interested in ways that they can take their existing traffic and monetize it in other ways for higher yield. And um, before we, we get back in to our discussion with, uh, with Jeff, Robin and I need to make sure that you're aware that if you have any questions or comments or feedback about the show or if you have any interest in, in suggesting topics for future shows, something maybe we haven't touched on in the past, be sure to send us an email. And that email address is podcasts at cj.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And I also want to mention that even though you're probably listening to us live, which is Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, you can also listen to us as a, po- a downloaded podcast off of webmasterradio.fm or even subscribe to us at the iTunes website. So, Jeff, um, I know we have a, a number of questions that we wanted to ask you, and obviously we had some high-level topics that we've just introduced. Um, why don't we just jump right into it with uh, the first topic that came up, which was, 
uh, assessing the revenue per page for your site? Sure. Well, one of the interesting things that I found in in my role in working at uh, at ValueClick at the corporate side, and you know, ValueClick is a good microcosm for I think think uh, the entire internet because of all of our different offerings. So when I speak of of my experiences here with our divisions, I am really trying to apply that to across the general uh, internet population. Uh, I found that that most affiliates and publishers end up. Uh, specializing in certain ways of generating revenue, and uh, they become relatively successful in in that different ways, and and get somewhat stuck in a in a rut, and don't look at other opportunities, different ways to look at the kind of traffic that they're bringing in, and how they might be able to monetize that. So what we started to do when we're talking to uh, to affiliates is is talk about you know where is your traffic coming from and and how, what kind of traffic is that, and identifying uh, a little bit more about those types of users in order to be able to create somewhat of a profile that you can use to uh, determine how you might be able to generate additional revenue from them. Jeff, question for you. Looking at those uh, traffic sources, what types of tools are available for affiliates to help them really recognize what those different traffic sources are and help them try and understand what they should be focusing on for their users? Well, it's a great question. I can't answer specifically to the tools themselves. What I found is that most most of the uh, publishers are very familiar. That's that's kind of the metric that they live and die from is is how where they are getting traffic and what it's costing to get that traffic, and then of course on the back end, then what that what kind of revenue that then converts to, whether it's from search or you know paid or organic or from display advertising or from offline components. Um, you know, doing a relatively good job of understanding where it's coming from and how the different levels can, you know, affect the results on your page. And then looking at each page and trying to do uh, a little bit better job of, of taking a holistic look at how much revenue you're generating from that visitor on the page level rather than just an impression level. So that's what uh, those are the kinds of conversations that we're, we're trying to have with people. Um, and most of it really just comes down to a, a math equation, trying to take a look at, at uh, what's coming in, what's going out, and how to then improve the various metrics along the way, uh, the, the amount of traffic you can drive for your dollar and the amount that you can convert in your various revenue sources uh, on your site. Okay. Is there one metric that stands out as the, a key indicator for quality? Uh, for quality is uh, is difficult. There's so many contingencies, uh, who that visitor is, what kind of uh, offer you may be trying to convert. Uh, but the, the standard metric that seems to uh, really speak to, you know, how you're doing is effective CPM, meaning the space that you have on your page uh, and the uh, what, what is the uh, revenue you're generating against that space looking at, you know, a thousand impressions and being able to then translate it, that against whether you're getting paid CPM, CPC, or CPA. Okay. And and are you able to um, draw a lot of con- conclusions based on the type of traffic that's coming in, which is related to, I don't know, to helping you form your action plans? I mean, what, what, what's the next step once you've figured out who the traffic is that's coming in and, and what your costs are? I think the key there is testing, is taking the time to set up 
uh, an environment where you can test different types of opportunity, whether it's uh, CPA text links or CPM banners or interstitial ads or you know pricing comparison, whatever it might be. But being able to uh, take the time to set up the appropriate test where you're looking at different forms of traffic, how it converts in different uh, environments, and making sure that you're measuring those metrics on an ongoing basis. Uh, one of the things that we do see is that people tend to make decisions very, very quickly, and that doesn't necessarily uh, bear the right uh, result. Actually, I think that's a, a very strong point. Um, I'm sorry, Robin. Uh, I was just going to say that it is a strong point because very few affiliates, in my experience, do take the time to um, do any sort of testing at all. In fact, I was just having a conversation with a, a colleague earlier about um, we're planning for another show, and this topic came up uh, quite often. So it, if, there's, if there's any publishers out there, I would highly encourage you to test often and um, take to heart what, what Jeff is talking about here. Um, do you see different types of, of testing be re- being required to figure out what your ROI is for a given payout model, or is it usually based on a given well, the, traffic acquisition model? I mean, the optimum situation is to be able to take every different type of traffic acquisition uh, stream against each different type of uh, content or, or format you have on your page against every type of, of revenue stream you might have. That's a, that's a pretty big model to build and likely impractical. Um, I would say that most people would do well by uh, picking one or two different approaches on an ongoing basis, allowing appropriate testing period, 30, 60 days, uh, and then moving on to the next one. Uh, you know, most of the time we just don't have the resources to do the kind of, kinds of things you might have to do if you're going to try to test every single combination. And start with what's going to end up being uh, mostly common sense in building that uh, kind of test matrix to figure out what you should be doing first. Most of it really comes down to uh, getting pretty comfortable with what you're doing and not wanting to, to take the time to, uh, to to try some new things, and I don't think that's just about online advertising, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that's what it really takes to try to break out of the box and find some new ways to, to take your asset that you have and make it worth more. Jeff, a, a question for you. How scientific does this, you know, the whole testing philosophy need to be? Are there, you know, best practices for a minimum sample size or any elements that affiliates should be considering? I think that it's it's really just a, an Excel spreadsheet that you're applying uh, common sense to, making sure that you're using numbers that allow you to to draw some form of conclusion. I mean, 10 impressions is not going to give you any kind of reasonable data. Um, right. It depends on the type of site you have, again, of course, and, and the types of, of uh, traffic you're driving. But, uh, but what you end up doing is creating a, a, a results chain, starting from how much does it cost to, to get a visitor to how much does it cost to convert that visitor and trying to improve your metrics along the way. So, so if we're talking. We're having this conversation about um, helping affiliates understand what the uh, additional potential is for revenues from other payout models. Um, are, are there? I don't know. Can you provide some recommendations for the type of publishers in the affiliate space that would do better than others? Um, looking at a, a you know kind of a yield management approach. Uh, 
I, I, I'm, what I'm leaning towards is that I think that there are some specific requirements for certain types of pu- or certain publishers to be included in, uh, say, a CPM payout model uh, and recruited as a publisher. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you know, that's actually one of the interesting things I found in looking at across our multiple divisions was that uh, there were not a lot of publishers crossing over uh, into each other's space. I think, again, that goes back to habit. But if you take a a publisher who's generating a significant amount of their traffic uh, via search, and they're doing so because they have some specific uh, advertiser offers that they can convert that way, uh, traditionally that kind of publisher would not be uh, thought of as a as a viable CPM site. Their site is usually very specific to a, a topic that's related to the advertiser offer they're trying to convert. However, and they don't want to do anything that's going to take away from that. So by running other CPM ads on that, that page, uh, they might feel that they're going to decrease their ability to convert and decrease their revenue uh, through that affiliate program. And, and there's validity to that. However, there are lots of, of types of CPM programs that might be possible. That same uh, affiliate might be able to run uh, pop-under advertisements, uh, if they're so willing, that generate extremely high CPMs, a uh, neighborhood of 5 to $7 to the publisher, uh, and without interfering with the content on their page. They might be able to run interstitials as a user goes from one page to the next and generate uh, high CPMs that way, again, without taking away from uh, the ability to convert the offer on their page. How so, have you, uh, you know, every program that you look at... pop-up blockers um, affecting that type of business? Uh, the pop-up blocking has uh, had its ups and downs in terms of effectiveness. Uh, if you look at, uh, at how publishers' ability to deliver advertising, that seems to be a constant question out there. There are, there are programs out there that block any kind of advertising on a site. Um, which truly isn't fair to that site, is providing content for free. So pop-up blocking has had its ups and downs in terms of having an effect. Uh, what we do see is that since it does have some effect, the pops that uh, are delivered uh, have uh, uh, better results because there's less of them. In the case of, uh, of value click in terms of uh, the media network, uh, there was a choice made a long time ago to not do pop-ups and interfere with the consumer, only do pop-unders, and also do some very high-level quality controls, such as only uh, presenting one pop-under per an entire browser session. So that kind of quality does still speaks to results and, and uh, helps resolve some of the, the inventory issues. So this may be a, a bit of a, a strange question, but do you ever see um, publishers taking a look at um, kind of cross-pollination of the payout models for their sites for reasons other than return on investment or revenue? Are there any other tangential benefits to consider? Mm, you know, there, there are some uh, uh, opportunities if you have a site where you're trying to, to boost the appeal of that site as, as, a, as a branded type site where you can pull on uh, brand-type advertising through CPM programs that uh, uh, enhance your uh, appearance and your stature, possibly. Uh, so that's some ways. And in doing so, you may be able to, to build up a case for, for going in and looking at some direct advertising deals where you can you know, sell sponsorships, things along that line. Uh, I can't think of many along that line, though. 
Okay. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of a kind of a weird question because we always talk about money in, in this business, and really that's what we're all employed to do is, is make more more revenue happen. Um, interesting. All right. So why don't we do this? Let's take a, a quick break and uh, give, again, our, our sponsors a chance to, to feed their kids. <laughs> um, but when we come back, we'll be talking more with Jeff Hirsch and learning more about ways to use multiple channels to increase your, your revenue yield. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T-H-O-S-T.com. When you expect more from your web host. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. All right, everybody, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is your co-host, Brian Caldwell, with Robin Walsh. And we're talking today with Jeff Hirsch, uh, Senior Visit, uh, Vice President for Business Development at ValueClick. Um, and when we, when we left off, we had just kind of discussed with, with Jeff ways to assess the revenue per page for your site in order to 
um, truly understand if, if you're earning the most possible revenue from the existing traffic that you're generating. Um, but what we want to talk about next is looking for the specific new revenue opportunities, i.e., how precisely um, are, uh, can you change your, your current monetization methods to achieve higher yield. So, um, Jeff, why don't we just jump, jump in and, and start talking about some of the opportunities that, that you've outlined um, that you see out there in the marketplace and uh, that affiliate marketers might want to take advantage of. What's the first one that comes to mind for you? Sure. Well, display advertising is, is probably your primary uh, significant source uh, due to the CPM nature of it. And, uh, you know, obviously with, it, with all of these, you ha- always want to balance the uh, effect on your visitor versus the revenue that you generate and make sure that you don't throw that out of whack, which we all know has happened quite a bit on the Internet. But display advertising is essentially uh, these networks have developed to aggregate uh, premium uh, inventory on sites across the network and then provide that uh, inventory in a single source uh, solution to an advertiser, whether it's an agency or a direct marketer. And uh, these networks are traditionally charging either CPM or CPC, in some cases CPA, but in most cases being able to arbitrage that to pay the publisher CPM. So what that means for a publisher is that they know for every impression they're serving what they're going to be paid. The risk shifts from the publisher to uh, the advertiser, essentially. And just to interject there quickly, arbitrage is buy low, uh, sell high, essentially. <laughs> well, that that is uh, that is one uh, interpretation for arbitrage. In this case, it's 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 taking a pricing model and converting it essentially to the effective CPM metric to to then pay the publisher. What the going back to value click media, what the philosophy always has been is to charge the advertiser the way that they want to pay and pay the publisher the way that they want to be paid. So again, in a CPM model or uh, the responsibility for uh, the creative and the uh, effectiveness of the campaign is uh, shifted entirely to the advertiser. I, I think the publisher has the ability to, to pick and choose what they want to run. They're in, in pretty good shape. Yeah, and I was just going to add that that's a, that's a very important point to make because obviously in the world that we live in, at, at, um, in the affiliate space, it's all about pay for performance and the onus for performance is, generally speaking, on the publisher. So publishers out there that are in the affiliate space looking to CPM, um, they might actually really enjoy having the onus shifted. Well, sure, but, and that's where you get into, I think, a question you, you asked earlier where you have uh, uh, what kind of requirements are there to be able to run CPM. And obviously if an advertiser is paying CPM, they're, they're expecting certain things. So they are expecting premium space. Uh, if there's a banner ad, for instance, that needs to be above the fold, uh, they're essentially paying for an impression because they anticipate on their back end being able to realize either a brand lift or a, uh, a direct a, a, an action that makes it worth buying CPM. So they are going to, and because they're taking the risk, they're going to be pickier about what they accept. And the connection between the advertiser and the publisher, uh, the role changes somewhat. Okay. Now, we've seen CPM advertising for at least the past 10 years on the Internet. How has it changed and morphed since those early days? Well, in the beginning, uh, CPM was the only way that advertising was sold. DoubleClick started that, taking a, a page from traditional media and bringing that onto the Internet. Um, 
but there were still unknowns in terms of measuring back-end performance. Uh, CPC then came out, which uh, took some of the risk and shifted it to the publisher, uh, and uh, there was a little bit more of a shared risk in that situation, and CPA, of course, developed from there. Um, I think that the, the, the things that have changed over time is, is accountability, being able to track the results for an advertiser. And that's one of the beautiful things about the affiliate marketplace is, uh, is the advertiser is able to uh, make sure that they're getting the results they want, and that's why they, they pay out higher amounts for actions. And a publisher can manipulate uh, which offers are working best for them uh, by keeping track of that. Uh, okay, so I've got to throw a tougher question at you. I'm, I'm just curious. Do you ever see run into situations where an advertiser might look at um, the two channels, the CPM, CPA channels, and see them in conflict? I mean, now we're talking about ways that publishers can optimize their yield, but from an advertiser standpoint, w- what does this do? I think you're going to see brand advertisers are going to be much more uh, tied into CPM advertising because, again, they get to call the shots. Where is my ad running? And if I don't like where it's running, I'm going to, you know, make sure that that, uh, that doesn't occur. Uh, whereas in the uh, CPA world, it's a little bit more free-flowing. You know, you're looking for results. You're not as concerned about, uh, say, the brand environment of your ad. Also in the CPM world, you know, the advertising we're talking about is predominantly display advertising. In the affiliate world, it could take a, a number of different formats. Okay. A text link is not going to be sold on a CPM basis. Uh, that's a good point. Well, I mean, there are other networks out there, I think, that are selling stuff on a CPM basis, uh, text links on a CPM basis, but um, they're fairly small networks from what I understand. Okay. Um, well, let's see. That that probably leads us into the next avenue for um, new revenue generation for affiliate marketers to consider, which would be what? Uh, co-registration. Co-registration. That's one and, of our favorite uh, topics. <laughs> Again, another another uh, topic that can have uh, uh, good and evil sides, I think. Uh, you know, co-registration is the act of a, during the process of a user registering for on a site or for uh, something in particular from that site to then get presented with other offers that uh, may be relevant that they can opt in to receive. And I think we've all been through that co-registration process, and we've probably been through it where we found that the things that were being presented to us were, were relevant and of interest, and we've also been through it where those things being presented to us are, are exhaustive and, uh, and perhaps not the best, uh, best choice of, of offers for a consumer. And that's, I think, where you have to find that balance of making sure that you're presenting the right offers by working with the right companies to... Uh, capture the revenue opportunity from the consumer without alienating the consumer. But uh, but right now the the co-registration business is 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 booming. Uh, companies are looking for uh, leads from the net generated through this type of environment, and uh, there are many many companies doing this. Uh, ValueClick has uh, two companies who work in the co-registration space: Web Clients. Uh, that works with ValueClick Media and High Speed Media as well, and they both do uh, do very well in working with publishers and helping those publishers generate significant revenue this way. Are there any legal issues, for example, you know, privacy issues with respect to basically selling off somebody's uh, data and, and lead information? Well, that's the concept behind this: is that you are 
they are giving you permission when they do opt in and walk through that process to they're expressing an interest in it. That's why uh, you know opt-ins and double opt-ins have become uh, the the way to do this is to protect uh, privacy. If if information is being distributed without the permission of a user, that definitely would be a problem and and not a, a kind of company that you would want to work with. And I guess it's true also then that in order to have a coverage path, you have to have some sort of a registration on the front end in order to start capturing that information. So this could be what membership paths as well as um, lead generation paths for those affiliates that are doing uh, lead gen and and using form posting as a way to deliver leads. Um, Exactly. Is that right? Okay. That that is the limitation, of course, is you do have to have some form of of a registration path. Sure. Well, I don't see necessarily as a limitation. Actually, there's quite a few um, lead gen uh, advertisers that are active in in many of the, the larger networks, including Commission Junction. Uh, and so it seems to me like this would be a very natural fit uh, for, for those affiliates that are looking for additional ways to, to monetize their revenue. Because essentially, if you're, you're capturing a single lead and then add a co-reg path off the back end, you potentially are taking a single consumer and turning that into not just one lead, but multiple leads off the back end, which effectively helps you manage your ROI and maybe run some more aggressive CPM campaigns or CPC campaigns to drive even more, more traffic. So it kind of turns into an endless loop. Sure. And in the case of, uh, of web clients, they actually provide an ASP where a, uh, an affiliate who does have that registration process can plug in uh, to that ASP and have a number of offers that are sold and managed outside of their, uh, their network and, and uh, generate revenue for them and with control over what runs on their site. What kind of data needs to be collected in order to make this a valuable lead to the advertiser? Well, I think the, the most of these companies that do this from the uh, third-party side are doing the data collection, and the uh, publisher is not having to uh, worry about that. That also makes sure that they're not in the loop on any kind of privacy issues. I would recommend that, that to be the way to go uh, rather than uh, collecting data and passing it over yourself. So best Best practices provide a pass-through path, huh? Correct. Interesting. Are there any incentives or, or benefits that the customers need to see in order to, to make them willing to give this kind of information? Sure. Well, most of these companies, too, do specialize in, in getting people to take action on these paths. So they you know, often will have uh, different ways to help uh, incentivize that user to, to choose to receive uh, an offer. And again, it comes down to what kind of traffic are you generating, and which of these companies are you working with. Uh, you know, web clients has a number of different incentives that they use to to uh, make it more attractive to a consumer to to receive a magazine uh, subscription or whatever might be the case. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, we're getting fairly f- far into the show. Uh, I think we have enough time in this segment to to cover our, uh, one of the last areas. That you, that came up in our pre-show discussions, and that's uh, comparison shopping, which I know is, is quite an interesting one. It's very hot in the market right now. Um, but from an affiliate standpoint, how, how would I use comparison shopping if I'm not a comparison shopping engine in, in itself? Well, some of it kind of harks back to the when, when search was being distributed, you know, as search boxes on sites. But uh, uh, ValueClick works, uh, has a division named Price Runner, and I'll use that as an example. Um, they have two primary ways where an affiliate can work with them. One, one is a, what we call the hosted uh, co-branding, where uh, Price Runner itself hosts 
uh, the shopping comparison site, but allows uh, the site to integrate their look and feel to that. So they add a, simply add a shopping link on the home page, and then users have access to get to that co-branded shopping section, and that uh, affiliate gets paid on a, a revenue share on a price-per-click basis. And I know there are obviously other brands out there. Sorry, Robin, I'll let you get a word in edgewise in a second. Um, besides the pressure on a brand, obviously, you know, they work in a specific model. Are, are there any other models that are uh, active in the comparison shopping area? Um, th- that, the way I just mentioned it, it seems to be one of the primary, primary methods. Uh, a lot of the comparison shopping engines do uh, buy on a CPM basis to drive traffic to their own uh, shopping site. Uh, you know, these are essentially consumer-facing sites, and so their goal is to drive traffic and, and get people signed up to bring them back again. Um, in the case of Price Runner, there's a, another way might be to do a custom data feed. They have an API um, where only products and merchants that uh, an affiliate wants to display would be coming across. So if there was an affiliate with a specific uh, a content uh, orientation, they can make sure that any of the pricing comparison offers that they're putting out there uh, are very specific to their audience. And so again, it comes down to we've seen a lot of affiliates developing uh, relationships with various advertisers to really pull down their their data feeds and, and produce uh, a comparison shopping engine on their own using their own custom backend. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was going to ask as well, because you're you're basically suggesting to affiliates that they're in a position of do we create our own and work through affiliate channels? Do we go direct, or do we work with a third-party enabler, which, in my mind, w- would save a lot of time. And especially if you're not a you know, you're not a coder yourself or don't have the the funds to to fund a, a a coding exercise to create your own shopping engine. But it does pose some questions, right? Well, sure. You you need to look at what what are you trying to get out of an engine for your your users to experience. I mean, if it's a true comparison uh, that you're wanting to offer them a way to to make sure they're shopping for the best price and that you're driving that capability, uh, then you need to be working with a vendor that that really does have a lot of uh, of data available uh, to let that user see what, what the best choice would be. That's usually not going to be something that an individual affiliate is going to have the resources to do. And... Yeah, uh, and there are enough third-party uh, third-party uh, uh, comparison engines out there now that you you likely can uh, can find the right program um, for any type of environment. Uh, I I think that's a fair point. I mean, we talk to affiliates all the time, and, and Robin, I'm sure you can attest to this that you know, publishers are looking for ways to scale their business. And you know, if they're mom and pops, you know, they're going to have a very limited um, set of resources to work from. Um, if they even if they're very large individuals, they may have become very large uh, publisher individuals because of their ability to, to scale only through outsourcing or using third-party tools or whatnot. Right? Well, unlike all of us, there are so many uh, so many projects uh, you know waiting to be done. That uh, you know, I, my feeling is always that if you can find a, a good partner and and the economics makes sense, uh, it's it's a little bit better to quote unquote build uh, buy versus build. Exactly. We've seen a lot of uh, some trends towards including uh, customer reviews or feedback with respect to not only just an advertiser and how their customer services, but also actually reviews on the the products themselves. Um, Have you seen that with respect to how people are are marketing through you? 
the yeah, there, uh, a lot of these engines, Price Runner included, do do provide kind of that whole functionality, that whole review functionality. So that again, the the idea is to create an environment for the user to to feel like they're they're shopping, and it's not necessarily uh, contingent on the site that they're on um, or who they where the advertising revenue is coming from, but to give them a real experience of being able to look at what other people have. You know what are the opinions on that out there, and then to be able to find uh, the best possible price. In Price Runner's case, they they look at both uh, online and offline pricing to really try to provide that value, regardless of whether they're uh, generating revenue from an action on that. I think that's also a very important point because in the last couple shows we've been talking about um, kind of emerging market trends and. Um, specifically, our, our last show ended with a very robust discussion about widgets, uh, and and really the point that I'm, I'm trying to make is with comparison shopping engines and the form factors that are available for for affiliates to use, um, and the value add that they provide, and and the reach and the instant access and so on. Um, there's, there's simply another way of of looking at content, right? It's yep. it's a widget that can be plugged into an existing site, and you suddenly got a whole new revenue channel that has a completely different model, potentially, from the one that you're currently existing in. Exactly, and, and, and if done right, what I've seen is that it creates, uh, it's all incremental content, additional pages with additional uh, incremental uh, ad opportunities, ad inventory as well, in addition to the shopping comparison inventory. All right, wow, this is a lot of fun. Um, we do have to feed the, uh, the sponsors again, so let us go out and do that. We'll take a quick break, uh, give uh, Monica and others a chance to, to say hello to the audience, and we'll be right back with more information from Jeff Hirsch. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. It's all about links. Baby, content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today with your hosts, Brian Caldwell and Robin Walsh. Today we're talking with Jeff Hirsch, uh, Senior Visit of, I always say that wrong, <laughs> Senior Vice President with, uh, of Business Development with ValueClick, and uh, just been giving us some, some great advice for affiliates who are interested in, in monetizing their traffic to a greater extent than they are today. In other words, maybe trying to earn a, a couple extra bucks off of the same uh, folks that are coming through your site. 
And we ended with uh, our, our last segment by taking a look at some of the, the revenue opportunities that are on the table, uh, display advertising, co-registration, comparison shopping engines. But I think next what we want to get into is specifically some, some information for um, deciding how to select partners. I mean, it's really the whole decision-making process that we want to talk about and the, the thought process that you're going through for deciding which partners are going to be best for you. Um, so, Jeff, um, maybe we can talk about some of the solution providers without naming names um, and, and get into some of that discussion now. Well, there's a, an amazing number of, of solution providers now uh, on the Internet uh, in the forms of affiliate networks, uh, CPM networks, co-registration networks, uh, shopping comparison engine. It's, uh, uh, there's a few more every day, I believe, which I think brings us to probably the first and, and most important point of making sure that whoever you are uh, deciding to get into business with is that they are a, a stable company. Um, and we spend a lot of time looking at the uh, publisher forums on blogs and so forth, and one of the most uh, prevalent topics is, hey, have you been paid by so-and-so? And um, I think that speaks to the need to making sure that whatever company you're working with uh, has the, the stability, the longevity, and, and the reputation of, uh, of being a good partner. I mean, these are partnerships you're creating. They may be somewhat uh, transitional, and they may be able to be, be changed when you need to, but uh, if you're generating revenue through a program and you don't get paid for what you did, uh, the cost is, is significant in terms of uh, both that revenue and the time it's going to take to find a new partner. Is there a way for your... affiliates to look at trying to figure out what types of uh, do they look for brand name advertisers? Do they do take a chance on uh, a less known uh, brand as they might provide a, a better value to their end users? That's, that's well, a great I think question. That, yeah, I think that that would bring you to the second second uh, point that I would think uh, would be uh, at the top of the list uh, below the viability of the company is is the control you're going to have as an affiliate. Um, I think in every single environment, you want to make sure that you have 100% control over what is going to be displaying on your site and exposed to uh, your visitors. They are your visitors. You've spent a significant amount of time uh, building the traffic, building your site, uh, getting people there, uh, trying to retain them, trying to keep them on the site for a long time. You need to make sure that whatever it is you're presenting to them is, is appropriate. And uh, you should be the best judge of that. And to do so, you need to have the control. Uh, the best networks on the affiliate side and display side, uh, at co-reds as well, uh, allow you that kind of control rather than sending you a stream of advertising where you're not sure what might be coming next. You can go in and, and pick and choose and know what it is you're getting. So I would say that's probably, probably your number two most important uh, item. I, I, yeah, I'd probably second that from all the affiliates in the, in the audience today because I, I know... They generally do like to control everything that's going on with their site and don't like to leave things to chance. But you know, and just in terms of selecting the providers, we're, we're really, um, for those affiliates that have been in the space for a while, it, it's the same type of uh, decision process that you're going to be making uh, for your existing relationships, i.e., the vertical market that I'm going after, is the offer that I'm contemplating going to be complementary, uh, or my business model is my business model um, complementary to the, the types of offers or the, the additional revenue um, channels that I'm considering? Is, is it the right match? And so forth. 
right? I mean, it's very similar to the current uh, affiliate marketing oh, absolutely. system process. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, with that, your, your probably next uh, point of most importance is, is how much am I going to, uh, to make and, and how quick am I going to get paid and, and those kinds of issues as well. Um, some people that might come number one, <laughs> but uh, but I think that uh, you know the reputation of the company you're working with and the control are are perhaps more important. Well, certainly, timing of payment is is um, of great interest to a lot of folks that are in the marketing industry, especially if you're one of using one of those um, business models which is you know cash flow heavy. <laughs> and yep. you, you need to continue have that continuous churn in order to to be driving traffic. Um, I, sure, I mean it's a, it, when you're driving traffic, you don't necessarily get the kind of breaks that you need to to be able to spend a lot of time waiting to get paid. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting in the uh, in the display CPM business, a network uh, that's sitting in the middle of say an agency is going to bring in a campaign, they may not get paid for 90 days past when that campaign runs. You know, agencies have to bill the clients, reconcile their bills, get paid, and then pay out uh, their media outlets. Uh, in the meantime, that network, you know, hopefully has paid that publisher uh, within less than a 30-day period of time. So, you know, that's another value that networks do uh, take, uh, put into the marketplace is, is kind of that float and that risk factor. That's a significant risk that they're taking on if they're going to pay out uh, affiliates before they're actually paid. Um, yep, and mo- most of the companies on the CPM side do do that. That's, again, another reason why you need to make sure you're working with a reputable company. That's a, that's uh, a really interesting point because I actually had never, um, never known that before in terms mm-hmm. of the timing of, of or, or how that process works. I knew that agencies um, you know, tend to have their own payment cycles, but uh, the fact that I think that's another that's another kind of a bit of clout you get as an advertiser if you're paying CPM, is you get a little more leeway on that because you're absorbing uh, more risk on the other side. Okay, so and I think uh, I think service is probably uh, the next uh, next factor to look at. You know, uh, you know how what uh, How's the and that goes all the way from an online interface where you're getting served through technology, through you know a, a service, uh, a support staff that's helping you with your problems, helping you with education. You know, are there tutorials? What kind of guidance do you get? Um, all those kinds of things. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jeff. Um, if, if the uh, affiliates that have been listening to the show here take some of your advice and go out and look at other channels and, and pull some of them in that are you know, complementary to their business model, their vertical market, wh- whichever way they're marketing, what kind of lift do you think they might be seeing in their revenues? I know it's a crystal ball, but <laughs> well, there's so many numbers out there. I mean, one of the interesting, I, you know, I mentioned things like uh, running pop-unders and, and supplemental ad units that are incremental to what you might be running on your page when you have, you know, rates that you're netting in the Five dollar plus range; those are pretty good numbers. Right. So, take so advantage. I think it, take advantage of the underutilized and, and or the non-utilized uh, space. Yeah, I mean, I think that the first place that you want to look at is what what can be incremental. Um, that's a much safer place to test than to you know start replacing some of the things that you're already doing. So, by creating new inventory uh, through some of these ad units or shopping comparison or or co-registration. Uh, you're putting yourself in a situation where it's all and instead of or. If you 
had to pick one item that you've learned over the years that is, is the biggest gotcha that, that people don't think about, what would that be? I think it's really um, taking into consideration uh, all the players in the equation. Just really understand what is an advertiser looking for, what is the value of this network and this provider in the middle, what are they really providing for me, and how can I do the most to help that chain because that's what's going to turn into the most revenue. If you're only looking to make money for yourself, uh, it will be a short-term proposition and, uh, and it, won't, uh, it won't give you the bigger paycheck in the end. All right. Uh, Jeff, this has been a fantastic uh, session. I, I really appreciate your time. We're, we're out of time, so I'm going to need to wrap it up. But I guess the, the last message that I just heard was, all you affiliates, avoid complacency because there's a lot more that you could be doing out there. And, and hopefully this is giving you a chance to open your eyes to some more opportunities and maybe giving you some, some ideas uh, that you might want to chase down for your own business. But again, once again, Jeff, thank you very much. Um, thank Robin. You. It's very nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, and at this point, I am just going to say adieu. If you do have any questions about the show or, or want to get in touch with Jeff or Robin or myself, uh, feel free to send us an email. That email address, one more time, is podcasts at cj.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And be sure to join us next week, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on uh, webmasterradio.fm. We'll see you soon.